Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning into this episode of Our City Theology. Today, Brandon and I will be continuing this ongoing series we've been working on called Down the Rabbit Hole. Today we'll be discussing the topic of the Incarnation, which is the moment in history when God became a man and took on human flesh. This is a, a conversation that we're really excited about. We had a little bit of dialogue beforehand, but we really wanted to save the bulk of our conversation to just sit down in front of the mic and just see how it plays out. So it's a pretty loose structure. We're glad to have you guys be joining us. We hope you enjoy. All right, Brandon, today's the day. It's always the day. Today is the day. What's, what do you mean, it's always the day? I mean, I don't know what day it is yet, so until you tell me, it's always the day. Oh, that's true. Do I say that a lot? Um, I don't know. We oh. should listen back. Maybe that's a thing I say. <laughs> Maybe that could be like my my little catchphrase or something. Yeah, we should review all of our podcast episodes at least once a month. To make sure we're not like saying these same exact words over and over and over and over. But if we are, maybe that's like cool. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, for some, yeah, it could be like our thing. Mm. And then sometimes it's just annoying. But maybe annoying our audience could be like our thing. Never mind. Today we're talking about the <laughs> incarnation. Yeah. Not to be confused with the what incarnation. Yeah, if I we we do see that a lot of our um, listeners are from Texas, um, and uh, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. I was looking at the statistics. It's probably any of my family listening. You know, I have a big family, and they're all from Texas. How many siblings do you have again? Uh, too many. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see, nine. Oh, yeah. Wow. So if all my siblings listen, yeah, that makes oh, up goodness. a big majority in Texas. Yeah. So yeah. So not incarnation incarnation that's right people get them confused not often at all so i don't know why i address that but yep. incarnation in my opinion is the coolest thing that happens in the entire bible and has happened in world history yeah it you know i would have to really think before i decided it was the coolest thing but it is top five for sure maybe the resurrection yeah i was about to say like Jesus's entire life is definitely the coolest thing, but like, you know, well, the sure. crucifixion, the resurrection, incarnation, top three, which one's which, I haven't decided. Jesus's life is the best thing, and within that event, there are two best things. Two best things within and the his best birth thing. and his rebirth. Res- no, no, no. Oh, yeah, okay. No, yeah. no, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. That's, no, that's no. taken wrong <laughs> by other people. It's not a rebirth. No, you're it's right. a resurrection. No, you're, that was a good connection. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, no, not, he not does re- say we rebirth. are born again. Yeah, yeah. but not so, like rebirth. Usually, that, that comes with a very different connotation. Yeah, rebirth makes me think of like Hindu reincarnation. Yeah, yeah. Not, not what we're talking about. about. No. no, Jesus was resurrected. Yes. Much cooler. We should talk about the resurrection sometime. Well, we talked about the Bible last week. Yep. Uh, we talked about uh, what it is, and I kind of forgot to mention that it's uh, authoritative, and you should listen <laughs> yeah. to what it says. That's a pretty important <laughs> part. Uh, I think that was implied. I don't know if I said that explicitly. It's okay. We'll come back to the Bible another time. Yeah. I mean, we're still in the Bible today, but, that's you know. <laughs> We haven't left the Bible, but... We'll come back to the topic of the Bible yeah. another time. We totally should. We should yeah. talk about how you get its teachings. Maybe when we do 
uh, the episode on the conquest. That would be good. Ooh, but that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so today incarnation. Yes, this is a down the rabbit hole. Yep. And so um, we are. Yeah, let's let's just go down. All right. So wh- I guess I ask this pretty often. What comes to mind when I ask or bring up the topic of incarnation? Well, actually, kind of a funny thing. Um, just last night, um, me and Abigail were watching a TV show about the life of Christ. It's called The Chosen. It's mm-hmm. really good. You, yes. you introduced that to me. Yep. yep. I highly yep. recommend that to anyone out there. We're not sponsored, but uh, they they do. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Maybe they'll hear it. They uh, they did really good work on that TV series, and I would recommend it. Um, but we were watching it, and uh, it it just kind of made a reference to the incarnation. And Abigail, my wife, was just like, "Doesn't that hurt your brain?" I'm like, "What?" She's like, "She just like couldn't." She in that moment, she's like, "The incarnation. It's crazy. Have you thought about my? Like, yeah, I've thought about." It. She's like, "It's so nuts." <laughs> And I'm like, you're, you're right. It is. It's it's insane. It's 100% God, 100% man. How the heck did that happen? Only God knows exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, man. Yeah. So the incarnation, uh, like when I think of the incarnation, the thing my mind goes to the the, the first advent, which is just yeah. like the nativity, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, is the, and the reason it's powerful for me is because it is the the moment when uh, the divine and the created image bearer of the divine mm-hmm. are unified. Yeah. It, it's the, the, the divine presence, God's tangible personhood is breaking into our plane of reality yeah. in, a, in a new way, in a way that no one has seen coming. And uh, that's big. Yeah, I wouldn't quite say no one saw it coming. Like there were. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. But uh, but yeah, yeah the definitely prophets, for sure. I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it's really crazy if you just like really think about it. Um, like I said, um, it's it's hard to put to words exactly because not only is it incredible in the sense of what has taken place is so bizarre, but it's incredible because of the significance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said, like a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. That's just like, yeah, that we call that the hypostatic union. Yeah. 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 That's, but, that's good. But like, um, you were talking about like the constraints, like he kind of like, he kind of like, like in Ephesians, I'm pretty sure it's in Ephesians. He says he emptied himself out. Oh, oh! He he laid aside his his, uh, or he he count. What did he, what does he say? Um, he did not consider equality with God, even though equal but laid. With God, but he says something along the lines of he laid aside his divine prerogative to sympathize with our weaknesses. I might be blending a few verses together. Maybe <laughs> maybe you can find the reference exactly. But yeah, yeah. So there's there's this interesting concept in. Christian theology that is okay so oh I don't I personally I don't like to get super mathematic about it I don't like saying 100% um just because I don't know in our western brains that causes so many like stumbling blocks for people I just say he is complete man and complete Mm -hmm. God and 
this very moment, this culmination in time, I, I want to talk, I, I at least touch on the just the biblical significance in terms of the narrative, and also hopefully touch on and talk about the like the philosophical, like what in the world is happening here. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I found the verse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, that up yeah. just real quick. Um, it's Philippians uh, 2, 5, and 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which yours is in Christ, in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Mm. Yeah, so okay. says. Yeah. Even though it was in the form of God, did not count equality with God. So, yeah. Yeah, and we see that in the way Jesus talks when mm-hmm. he submits his own will to the Father. There's this interesting dynamic there that's very mysterious to people and to me as well. I mean, like to any Christian, that's a, that's a hard thing to imagine is, okay, God, Jesus isn't praying to himself. No, uh, but he's <laughs> he's praying to God, and he is God. So how does that work in Trinity? Uh, my goodness, you know that's yeah. that's a challenge. We should have an episode on the Trinity. Oh, just because <laughs> that would definitely be a down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we could talk for a long time. About Trinity, or we hopefully could... not. In, in well, if we tr- see that's the thing is if we try to explain it, we're inevitably going to slide into heresy and <laughs> say things, get ourselves condemned by the church. <laughs> Hopefully not. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, the Trinity in itself is already kind of... It's not the easiest thing to grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you like you said, you have Jesus praying to the Father. And it's kind of one of those points where you're kind of confronted. It's like, oh, you got to consider the Trinity here. Because, mm, he, because like you said, he's not praying to himself. So it's like, mm-hmm. here is a really interesting dynamic where we see the Trinity communicating with himself mm-hmm. but it's not with himself it is but it isn't <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so it, yeah. it's it's kind of bizarre yeah and i think i want to at least for this episode avoid trying to explain or uh teach about what exactly the hypostatic union is how that works and then also like i don't want to get into defending the divinity of christ right now and all that comes with that just because uh, this is a well. This is down the rabbit hole, and I have no notes, so <laughs> that would be challenging <laughs> that, to yeah, pull, off, pull off the top of my head. That wouldn't be something <clears throat> to take. You don't want to take that lightly. No, no. If I, yeah. if, if we, maybe we should do an episode on on divinity of Christ and humanity of Christ, epistatic union, all that. Uh, but maybe at a at another time. Uh, but I I really like that, like when when we talk about the incarnation, the thing that's really jumps out at me and the thing that I was meditating on the other day that really just struck me and filled me with awe was thinking about the biblical story arc and we were having a conversation about the different Adam figures Mm -hmm. in scripture and how uh, different people are sort of called to be this high priest figure Mm -hmm. or this representative of God to the rest of creation and there's these similar things that happen but inevitably they uh, they just fail. They can't do yeah. it. They can't. And here we have Jesus and this one moment in history when God becomes a man and takes on a, a mortal 
like limited body Mm -hmm. uh, is this really intense thing of like humanity cannot do it by themselves (laughs) and and they need we say a savior Mm -hmm. um paul says they a new adam Mm -hmm. we need someone to be the priest and he has to be a person Mm -hmm. you know god can't be his own priest but he also has to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and because, you know, his covenant was with, you know, Abraham and his seed. And so, you know, this has to be um, fulfilled by, you know, one of Abraham's descendants. Okay, um, yeah. You know, that's kind of why we, that's why we see, you know, he, he's born to the tribe of Judah. That's why God, you know, saves a remnant for himself. Throughout oh, the entire, yeah. even, even though Jude and Israel are, you know, they're not the best behaving people. Um, God, you know, he made a promise to them and he has to have a line in which to have this seed born. That's you oh, know, interesting. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. This, there's this, like, why is the bloodline significant? Yeah. There's been a lot of, oh man, we dip our toes into some controversy, but... <laughs> There's been a lot of thought about why the bloodline was so significant and why it had to be... Well, see, that's the thing. is It's not pure. Like, everyone in Jesus' line is not sinless. In fact, no. If they're terrible, most of them. Like, because they look at... Start, David is kind of the one we think of uh, from the line of David. Mm-hmm. And look at David's descendants, all the kings of... Israel, or does his his, his I think, descendants rule Judah, right? Um, yes. Uh, I well, I think uh, one of the Gospels uh, traces Jesus's lineage through Mary, and one does through Joseph. And one of the lineages comes through Solomon; the other one does not. And so, mm. um, I don't think Jesus's lineage was all the kings of Israel oh, that we okay, see, like in the Book fair. of the Kings and the Chronicles. Nevertheless, um, just take David. I think, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- David's not the best. Not a perfect guy. Which is, you know, really crazy if you think about that alone. David is, like, commended not only by, like, history and all of, like, the Hebrews during that time and after him, mm-hmm. but also by God, of, like, being a man after his own heart. Like, this is, like, the kind of, like, before Jesus, David's kind of the role model he's like yeah. the one you want to be like yeah and like and he's not even perfect no he, he, he does some really bad stuff everyone obviously times. points to the whole deal with Bathsheba yeah that's the big one that's the big one but even after that he kind of just he he is redeemed and he for, he's forgiven of that mm-hmm. but like he's never the same after yeah. that and so like there's the whole thing with the census and that that's for um, that's a whole other thing. I don't want to have to explain all that. If you yeah. want on your own time, pulling, look up pulling a red thread through the entire scriptures. We're bound to, we're bound to get hung up on a few yeah. things. Look, look up look up the um, census that David takes, and God gets really mad at him. That'll that'll be fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that. Yeah, that'd be a, that that'd is be a, a good. Maybe a that's in the Bible one. Uh, we can yeah, we'll just keep adding to the series. Absolutely, throughout time. But yeah, so. So David's David, the role model. David, David's the role model, and he's still, I mean, if you look at, like, 
contemporary kings in his kind of rank. He's still morally upstanding compared to most. Exactly. Um, compared. Yeah, comparatively. But, right, he's not a perfect guy, and no one in Jesus' line is. And I think the, the point is not that he needed this. Some people, I think, have this uh, conceived notion that he needed this pure bloodline that had less sin or something, but it's actually, it just has to do with what he promised, what God promised to Eve. Well, actually, I was I was going to connect it more to his covenant with Israel. Um, is like a marriage. Okay. You see that. Like when they're at Mount Sinai, they he gives them the commands and Israel says, I do. It's very, it looks, the ceremony, if you were to look at it, you could see like this is a marriage happening. Mm-hmm. And what you see... Um, it's a really weird kind of marriage. It's a vassal <laughs> treaty marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and But what you see is also, um, later down the story of Israel, um, most of Israel gets divorced um, because they are committing adultery. That's the only reason you know we see for divorce. Oh, yeah. And they Ezekiel, are committing adultery well, Ezekiel, with other idols. Yeah. He, he for sure threatens them with divorce. and Like the, yeah. t- the northern kingdom. Yeah. yeah. But... We do see that the southern kingdom, you know, he says. So I don't think that it's, um, it's that there needs to be like a pure bloodline, like you said. Mm-hmm. But like he, he's married to the tribe of Judah, in that sense. Okay. And so like, if he wasn't, it like Jesus would have been like out of wedlock in a sense. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. I hadn't thought about that before. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna think about that more. Yeah. Yeah. We should um, discuss that more later. Yeah. Also, then there's the, well, there's also the whole thing with with Eve and in, in Genesis the serpent. three five. Yeah. From from your seed, uh, or your offspring will will crush the serpent's head, and yeah, there's a lot of people that are called to do so. Israel as a nation is called mm-hmm. to do so, and no one can. And there's this, yeah, there's this moment when God takes human form to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Yeah. And be the, be the example. Cause there, there's a couple things that the incarnations are doing. It's teaching, mm-hmm. it's teaching. This is the true human. This is that he called, Jesus calls himself the son of man, mm-hmm. which means a person, mm-hmm. a, a human person, mm-hmm. a human one, uh, and he is representing how to do that. And he's also doing what we can't do through it. Yeah. And he is, uh, he's also, it's, this is an interesting one. This is a little weirder and something that's not talked about as much. He is Israel. Mm. He is the, the head archetype figure for that which the nation was supposed to be and never was mm. so it's it's all humanity in a general sense but like specifically he fulfills the covenant mm-hmm. he holds the law hmm. and yeah he, he does not like he like he says i don't come to abolish it but to fulfill it i'm the only one i'm adding now but he's the only one who can and he does oh yeah and so yeah, yeah there's an interesting thing happening there where it's not just that he's his teaching is fulfilling the law, but he himself and his actions mm-hmm. are doing that which God had called all people to do. Yeah. It, it it calls back when you were talking about 
the vassal treaty. Um, mm-hmm. So um, the way that you see the um, Mosaic law and the covenant that happens at Mount Sinai, it's at Mount Sinai, correct? Yep. Um, with the people of Israel, um, it's 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 in the form of a vassal treaty, which was a very common type of kind of agreement, agreement yeah, yeah, covenant made in those times. Mm-hmm. The the point to make out when you're um, in a vassal treaty is that it's it's not what's it's contingent upon exactly. certain it's principles. Not, it's not unconditional. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so a vassal treaty is basically if a king were to come in and take your land peacefully or by conquest, they would he would have what's called a vassal treaty with that nation or mm-hmm. people group, which is that uh, I will do for you X, Y, and Z. If you agree to A, B, and C. So. Yeah. And so that's what you see with the Mosaic Law. Mm-hmm. And so, but with the Abraham, Abraham one's a little different. That was um, unconditional. That was, I promise this to you, to Abraham. And Abraham was not like given a set of rules to follow or else. Whereas he tells them in the Mosaic one multiple times that if you disobey... I'm going to give you over. You disobey. This is going to happen. If you fall away, if you go worship other idols, X, Y, Z, B, C, D, A, N, L, J, it's all going to happen. <laughs> and talking yeah. stuff. Yeah. Something really important to note with that okay. real quick um, is that those are a lot of them. There's a big discussion about whether those are prescriptive or descriptive. Okay. In such a sense that if you, so God reveals the moral law, right? Mm-hmm. Uh like we talked about in one of our earlier episodes, the moral law is given through Moses and it's not the complete moral law, but it's the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And and God makes this point that look, if you guys jump on board with this and start taking this on as your own, it will go well for you. But if you, if you don't, if you don't listen to what I am telling you, things are going to get really bad. Like you can't just, you can't just twist the fabric of the moral law and expect it not to snap back at you as a friend of mine once said. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there's a, there's this interesting discussion about is God saying like, if you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to smack you around. Well, there's a sense in which Mm -hmm. God is, is judging. He does sit in the position of, of um, deciding and he's the one who holds the standards of good and evil ultimately. And so, yeah, there's a sense in which God is mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm going to bring judgment, but also it's just like, man, yeah. If, if you're not listening to me, it's going to go bad. Yeah. I see what you mean there. Hmm. Sorry. What were you going to say? I just wanted to, to, to put that on the table. Just yeah. To be yeah. There. Yeah. I, in like, I, I, I don't want to over, iterate this but i also don't want to ever give the wrong opinion we're not telling you what is the case yeah we are we want to have discussions um we we hope that we can bring some new ideas to you guys um and so when i'm throwing something at david or vice versa we're talking about what we've gone through you know always take it with a little grain of salt always you know we want you guys to um be exposed to this and you know hopefully learn from our conversations but not like we are not telling we're you. We're not what the teacher. Exactly. We've just we've heard the song. We're not musicians, but we've heard the song and we're trying to sing you the tune. Something like that. I like that. <laughs> um, so so where I was taking that is that um so you have you have 
Israel, mm-hmm. the king, the um, nation of Israel is, is told to uphold certain standards, and they can't do it. They mm-hmm. like you like they just keep messing up. They break every single one, and you know it just never goes well. And Jesus is Israel, like you said, comes in, mm-hmm. and he is the person, the man, Mm -hmm. that fulfills all of those requirements. Mm -hmm. And so what, you know, Israel as a nation has broken, Jesus has restored by being, you know, the perfect human. Yeah. And you think that's why, that's why this idea, I mean, it's it's confusing for me. And again, I don't want to get into hypostatic union stuff, but understanding how that works as, God as the person who gave the law, but also Jesus as the God man who keeps the law. Yeah. Uh, and does, does so like, like Paul says is obedient even unto death on a cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's an interesting point he's making actually about what the law should cause you to do. Oh yeah. We, we think of the says law. He's a servant. Yeah. Unto the lord mm-hmm. even to death yeah yeah okay um yeah he subjects himself under mm-hmm. god's will and we see this in the garden of gethsemane when he's being tested one final time before he he does this but he says the the one of the most significant things that i think jesus says is simply not my will but yours be done and thereafter he you know he goes to the cross which is that he is fulfilling the covenant there mm-hmm. which is that you need to be the, the, the person who keeps God's law should be so loving and so outwardly for humanity and for God's purposes of redemption that you an innocent man would die on behalf of an evil man yeah. or in Jesus case all Every, evil, <laughs> all evil men who uh, look to him for salvation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we end. Yeah. Because we are. I wish these things were longer, man. We have, there's so many, (laughs) so much more we could talk about with this. I want to touch on like, like getting back to like that. What in the heck human and God together. Okay. So one thing that really blows my mind and I hope it blows yours. Um, is like, if you think about it, you know, especially if you think about the Trinity, kind of, God, we kind of see everything in four dimensions. A lot of people say three dimensions, but everyone would be frozen time if it was three dimensions. It's four dimensions because we see three-dimensional things moving through time. Gotcha. Just to clarify. We see everything in 40. Uh-huh. Um, God isn't constrained by 40. He created 40. Mm-hmm. He created physics and he created he created the fabric of reality. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of funny, the fabric of reality. Dude, I love that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so God created it and he is like outside of it in that sense. Like uh-huh. he is not constrained by it. And but Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. like so think about that. So like Jesus coming as a human is like if you became a stick, a stick figure on a piece yeah. of paper and could only 
Or actually, just say you can't see at all. Like, you're a stick figure, a blind stick figure on a piece of paper that can only move two directions. That's basically what Jesus did for you and me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. All, suffer, all suffering and service and miracles aside, exactly. stepping into our shoes is uncomfy. That's that's like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't stand that personally. Or like, um, like one, one, one thing that I remember someone telling me, which I think is kind of cool, it may not be the best analogy, but it's like, if we were, if God was a beekeeper, mm-hmm. we were the bees. And he's and he was to become a bee. So like imagine becoming a an insect and mm-hmm. having their senses and their instincts. Like that that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And but but then again he he can still do miracles and yeah. he does things that are that well, let me put it this way, when the divine life breaks into the ordinary life, sometimes the laws of nature are overturned. Yeah. Also, when he is, you know, walking in the will of the Father, things are a lot different. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when he he shows us what it looks like when a human walks in submission. Yes, you will suffer, but my goodness, what is the harvest? Yeah, hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Yeah, yeah. vice versa. Sounds better that way. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we can we can wrap up here. Uh, Of course. You know, there's there's a lot more we could talk about with this this event in history of Jesus of, of um, the Creator being unified with the created and bearing His own image as one of us. Uh, and I'd love to keep talking about it. Maybe we'll do another episode on it to expand at some point. But uh, we'll wrap it up here. I think. Yeah. Any final good. remarks? Um. Well, I was hoping to give you guys kind of some homework. If you guys wanted, oh my goodness, um, we would love to hear more of your guys' thoughts and feedback. Um, so, if you guys had uh, any questions about the incarnation or any comments, or maybe have anything to add to what we already said, we really want to hear it. So, if you guys could get back to back to us, we'd love that. Yeah, we'll drop an email link in the description below, and yeah, tell us your thoughts. Let's let's make this a a discussion-based community. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we got a listener reached out to us uh, recently, asked us some questions about um, kind of the Old Testament stuff. and The Israelite conquest of Canaan. Yeah. And so we'll actually be going over that for our next episode, and it'll be a lot of fun. Yep. I'm doing a lot of research. It'll, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for listening. Uh, this is Varsity Theology Podcast. We look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. Bye.